Welcome back, everyone, to the Podcast Connector podcast. I am your host today, Jennifer Longmore, CEO of the Podcast Connector, and I am excited to introduce you to one of our preferred vendors, Tina Dietz. Tina is an award-winning and internationally acclaimed speaker, audiobook publisher, corporate podcast producer, and vocal leadership expert who has been featured in media outlets, including ABCInc.com, Huffington Post, and Forbes. Her first podcast, The Start Something Show, was named by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 35 podcasts for entrepreneurs. And Tina's company, Twin Flame Studio, amplifies the influence of brands and leaders through high ROI audio and podcasting solutions. And that is what she's going to be offering as our preferred vendor for uh, offering thought leadership through full-service podcasting and audiobooks. So she has a full-service podcast agency, and she's going to be happy to help you with any of your podcasting needs. And she also does recordings for audiobooks and many, many more things, but we'll leave that for another day. So welcome, Tina. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for <laughs> you having me. You and I have me. known each other for so long. I'm like, oh, yeah. I feel like I can just telepathically communicate and I realize I have to use my words. Oh, I know. Right. It's like um, the old Star Trek episode where there was a two little dudes speaking in binar and the only people can, who could understand them were <laughs> that each other. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for my husband because he'll say, I'll say something out loud and he'll say, you just had a whole conversation in your head with me without saying it out loud, right? You're just finishing the conversation out loud. <laughs> and I'll catch it. I'm like, oh yeah, I've been, I can have a 15 minute conversation with him in my head and realize, you know, soon realizing that he can't hear me. So I'm a big fan of less words, but there you go. <laughs> so welcome. Well, thank you. I'm glad that we get to do this together. And I'm, I'm glad I get to introduce you to everyone because a, I know that you're super high integrity. You've been, you grew up in an entrepreneurial family and you have been an entrepreneur for a really long time. And I don't mean that to age you at all. I just mean like most people don't make it past five years, right? You have been an That's, entrepreneur for a really long time and several different yeah. types of businesses. And uh, you clearly, when people hear you speak, they're going to know, oh yeah, no, I'm not surprised she's a voice uh, a voice um, expert. I, I don't know what to call it because you just have, you know, there's something to your voice. So I'm excited. And um, I'd love to hear, I think it's always fun for people to hear why, why this, why did you get into this? It was, it was unexpected though, like a lot of things in life, when I look back on it, it's not surprising at all. But getting to this point, uh, you know, the position that I have, the company I own, wasn't even a possibility when I was growing up in the 80s and early 90s. And, and you know, like, like your, you know, the work that you do, Jennifer, same thing. I mean, we weren't working online at those times. The internet didn't exist, aging both of us, apologies. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, um, I have found over the course of years that What's most important to me is that we have access to those teachings, to those leaders, to those mentors that can impact us in a way that leave us irreversibly changed. And since I was a very young child, some of my best friends I found in books. 
And I have enjoyed microphones since I was very little as well. So as I developed as a uh, first as a therapist and then as a business coach, I was always speaking and uh, guest on podcasts and things like that. And I was a voice actor on the side. And I had this epiphany when I took some master classes with a couple of, um, I'll just call them voiceover legends. They are Pat Fraley and, and Tony Silveri in audiobooks that I had this epiphany that my colleagues, my clients who were doing bestseller campaigns with their books and getting books out there to increase their thought leadership and their credibility, none of them were doing audiobooks. And so like any good entrepreneur, that sent me down a complete <laughs> rabbit hole of why does that happen? <laughs> and I found that it was a totally underserved area of business. Mm-hmm. And that is what set me on the path to discover why that was the case, and then ultimately um, to fill it with the world of audiobooks and then podcasting as podcasts were rising in popularity and continue to rise in popularity. But underneath all that, we can't replace the power of the human voice. There are certain things about the human voice that are universal in communicating emotion, empathy, compassion. Uh, certainly other emotions as well. But we have this privilege as leaders of becoming a trusted voice in somebody's ear. Mm. And that's the type of podcast, that's the type of audiobooks that we create so that thought leaders can share their message and that those emanations and vibrations can reach the people that they want to reach. And then that message can be carried forward and carried forward into more positive and uplifting messages around the world. Mm. Yeah, I remember when you pivoted and uh, and then when you came out with with your new business, I thought, oh, of course, right? Because so many people would comment to you about your voice and I knew you were speaking a lot back then. But it probably, I don't, well, I don't want to assume, but was it actually an easier transition as far as um, conversions, I guess you could say, right? Like yes. sometimes when we're a business coach, we're in a sea of business coaches, whereas, you know, doing that and kind of niching out is maybe more lucrative or easier to find clients in certain ways. It was certainly more focused and that Mm -hmm. did make it easy. And I found that for me with coaching and coming up as a therapist, coming up, you coming up as your history and working with forensics and, and social work and everything, we both had really deep training Mm -hmm. in what we were doing with folks and the coaching industry isn't necessarily that. Mm -hmm. And I found that disheartening in a lot of ways. And so when I pivoted, I also didn't want to, I wanted to have a company that I could scale. I wanted to have Mm -hmm. a company that I could have a team around me and that it could be a a group of people all working toward a common purpose. And I found that if it had to be just me as a coach and my personality at the forefront, that wasn't as satisfying to me as including a whole cast of characters, so to speak, both my team and all the people we were serving. Mm -hmm. So that's worked out really well, although it was definitely an identity shift from being a solopreneur to being a CEO that took a while and, but it was, a, it's been a really worthwhile journey. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I let's, I'm going to pretend I'm a potential client and I've decided that <laughs> I want to have a podcast yeah. and I come across your business. Right. And I go, Ooh, that looks interesting. So how is that going to work for me? I, I tell you I want a podcast. I tell you I have the the money to invest in building mm-hmm. that up and have having full service production. So what would be the next step for me? 
the next step would be figuring out really is a podcast the best fit for what your goals are for your presence in your industry. The mm. biggest piece we find missing with podcasting is that the show itself, the way the show is designed, the way the show is positioned, the type of content it is, the way it's marketed, isn't strategically attached to the bigger mission, vision, and goals of that business or that individual and what they want to be doing in the world. So we're taking an approach that the podcasts that we're working with and the audiobooks as well are strategically created so that we are building thought leadership consistently mm. across platforms out in the world so that whenever somebody sees a post or an article or a download or a, a podcast episode, anything associated with you, there is this sense of consistency, of integrity. There's a comfort level that, yep, they are who they say they are. There's an authenticity to it. And so when, and when our clients allow us to, we can even go deeper into their, your thought leadership identity and how mm. that develops over time. We can create relationships between our podcasts and our, and our authors who are all thought leaders uh, looking to, and who are actively making a difference in the world. So there's these different pieces that we put together, we call thought leadership alchemy where mm. it's about content, it's about relationships, it's about identity, and it's about purpose. And mm. all of those things kind of come together dynamically so that when we're creating something as what seems as simple as a podcast or audiobook, it's actually serving a much larger purpose and taking the pressure off the folks we work with to have to constantly come up with new ideas to create content and get things out there and be everywhere. We mm. can do that with the power of your voice. Mm, I love that. And hopefully all of you can see why, I mean, aside from the fact that I've known Tina for a really long time and I know how high integrity she is, I mean, just what you're sharing there, because you and I speak the same language. It's like, of mm -hmm. course, it's already assumed we're going to operate from a place of high service. But the fact that you're not willing to just take anyone's money that's willing to throw it at you before you know if you actually can really serve them and really set them up for success is a big deal. Not unlike a Facebook ads agency, as an example, and I don't know of any, but I do hear stories, right, where people will take your money, but they haven't checked to see if your funnel's optimized. So you're spending, you know, 10,000, they just keep throwing money at ads and there's not conversion because this thing that we're driving people to isn't optimized, right? Exactly. And uh, so the fact that you're making sure people are optimized before they even go into that, because it's a big journey. And what is the industry average? Is it like two podcasts or something that people make it to before they just drop out of podcasting? Oh, yeah, it's anywhere from five to seven episodes. Five so to when seven you see, episodes. Yeah, when you see statistics like, oh, there's 700,000 podcasts out there. Oh my God, it's a saturated market. Uh, less than a hundred thousand of those are actively being produced mm. Mm. at this time. So it, the vast, vast majority, more than 80% of podcasts get abandoned five mm. within five to seven episodes in, and even those five to seven episodes, let me say that with a caveat, if you had five to seven episodes that you intentionally and lovingly created of a podcast, we call that a limited series podcast. If you had one of those, that's completely valid as a podcast. And mm -hmm. there's ways to use that. Podcasts don't have to go on forever, which is a common misconception. Mm -hmm. um, there's some advantages to going on many, many episodes, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, so that comes down to the strategy as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but coming back to my point, you know, the, the industry is definitely not saturated. It's becoming like a blog or a social media account or a website podcasts are becoming ubiquitous for the, the voice of a particular company or an individual or an industry. Mm-hmm. So let's assume I'm a different client and I already have a podcast, but I'm like, why isn't my podcast getting traction? Why isn't it going more viral? Why isn't it hitting certain charts? Why, 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 why? All of the whys. How come this person has a big podcast? How did they get there? How come my podcast isn't like that? Oh my goodness. Can you, can you answer my (laughs) prayers? So how would you deal with that type of client? Because we have a lot of people, by the way, we have a lot, a lot of our clients have sure. podcasts as well. And we have a lot of hosts, of course, that we pitch to that um, have great shows for sure, but probably, you know, want to get in front of even more people. Yeah. The first thing we look at is quality. Mm-hmm. And if you are not going to spend or put attention onto your podcast, we'd rather see you utilizing a different format. Um, if you're trying to focus on writing a blog and doing a podcast and doing speaking and do and, 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 and without a cohesive strategy around all of those things, you're going to burn your adrenals out if you haven't already. And mm-hmm. speaking as uh, a woman in midlife, I can attest to that particular center uh, before I pulled myself back from the edge of it. And so if you are somebody who loves speaking and you like interviewing, or you really feel comfortable behind the microphone. So podcasting is your, your primary way of, of sharing information. You don't have to do all of those other things necessarily because the podcast can be the hub of that content. So usually the quality isn't there either from a content perspective or an audio perspective or both. Um, the show may also be poorly positioned in their particular market. It might not be niche enough or be hitting the right types of, you know, key industry words. Maybe they're overlapped with other too many other shows. Those are the things we all kind of look at initially. Mm-hmm. Then the second thing is distribution. Is it being optimized in the distribution channels? Uh, we've had unfortunate incidents where we've seen that it gets distributed to Apple which gets you access to a bunch of other platforms, but then you're missing out on Spotify. You're missing out on Amazon and some of the other platforms, which of course all feeds back into your search engine optimization as well and organic uh, search. Mm. So that's the second piece. And the third piece is marketing. And that of course is always the the boogeyman in the room when it comes to producing anything, a book, a podcast, an audio book, and a webinar is how do you get the message out? And if mm. that's being done well, or if it's just uh, kind of falling, falling flat. Mm. So many moving pieces, lots it's... of moving pieces. That's why we do what we do. And it sounds like, you know what I love about you and other CEOs like you, and I know all of you listening are the same way that, uh, when you love what you do, you geek out on making sure that you know the ins and outs of your industry. You're on top of the latest trends. You're just really in it. It's clear that you love this because you really get the the meta, macro, and micro level pieces of this. Yeah, this this is play for me. Getting voices out into the world and having people really be self expressed. And it shows. And I love it. 
I love it. It shows. <laughs> like I would feel comfortable handing over the reins to you and just being like, tell me what to do. <laughs> Give me instructions because, uh, you know, I can think of team members I've had over the years, more like admin team members. And, uh, I could always tell who was just kind of treating it like a gig and who actually really geeked out on technology as an example, right? So if I hired a tech VA, there's people that just kind of do the bare minimum. And then there's people that are like, hey, I just found this new gadget. Do you want to try it out in your business? Those are the folks I like to keep because they're always staying on top of things, being conscientious. They really can't even help it. They're doing it for themselves, geeking out on that. And that's clear that that you're doing that. And that's, you know, just one of the filters I look for when I uh, work with people is, do you really love your craft? And are you really making your craft a priority? So thank you. Thank you. Nice. I really appreciate that. We so, like to also see folks doing podcast guesting, coming back to the podcast connector and our yeah. you know collaboration, because there is such a wonderful relationship build between hosting a podcast or being an author. Let's say we're doing an audiobook and guesting on podcasts. And sometimes folks aren't ready to host their own show. And there's such mm-hmm. value in the guesting side of things as well. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that's one of the reasons I'd be, you know, love to send people your way is because, you know, they're not sure of the commitment, or maybe they don't listen to podcasts, or they're not familiar with the format. If you're an expert, and you want to, you know, have a message that you're honing, then guesting is such a fantastic way to experience different types of podcasts, see what works for you before you start your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even other hosts too, right? Like I have two podcasts, well, three podcasts, I guess, including this one. And um, <clears throat> I love being a guest. Being a guest is easy. You just get to show up. And if you are only talking about things that you know, then it's just easy to speak off the cuff for a period of time. I don't, I don't know what it is about being a podcast host that you know, there is something to that, right? About it being five to seven episodes that people last for. Like it, there is an endurance piece, I think. I mm-hmm. don't know what it is, right? It's, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Like when you're a guest, you get to pop in and out. But when you're a host, like there's a level of endurance, right? That you have to, because uh, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon as far as what you're putting out there, right? It's Showing up, definitely. do I have new content and sourcing guests? And like, there's there's a lot of moving parts to that but i love it don't get me wrong i can just see how you know anyways um you also do the audiobooks which we talked about so can i do an audiobook without having a written book i wish we could but no that's really not how the industry works Mm -hmm. there's a difference between speaking your book like speaking the raw material of your book and then having the finished product of your book created from that Uh, speaking technique. And there's a number of publishers who specialize and book coaches who specialize in that Mm -hmm. and creating a finished audio book. A finished audio book is always created from a finished manuscript. Can we riff on it? Can we create special sections and effects and multiple voices and music? Of course, absolutely. We can get as creative as we want with it, but it's created from a finished uh, piece of work. Otherwise it's Mm. considered an audio program if it lives on its Mm. own. And gotcha. those generally can't be distributed onto audiobook platforms. Um, and that's one of those industry things. Uh, you will see on Audible that Audible creates audio only specials, but the general public without a special into Audible or other audio platforms can't just go ahead and self-publish those. Hmm. So that's that's the difference there. And the the largest player in the room is still audible. They still have 60% of the market share. 
mm-hmm. the uh, the plays that Spotify has been making into audiobooks. Spotify started offering audiobooks on a retail basis just recently, within the last year, and they're so far the only player I've seen um, that that might challenge the the dominance of Audible at this point. But there's you know at least forty different audiobook platforms when we're producing wow. audiobooks that we can distribute into. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I actually have ten books. Um, and I probably will release some more. I don't know why, maybe it's kind of crack for me. I'm not sure, but, uh, anyways, so I come to you and I bought these books. So are you recording them or am I recording them? Well, we have a deep specialty in author narration. We also Mm. do professional narration or hybrids of both. So again, Mm. this comes down to strategy. Is it a good use of your time and energy? And is it something you're going to enjoy? Mm -hmm. 70% of our authors are author narrated because we do have this specialty and we exclusively focus on nonfiction. So Mm -hmm. everybody's in that expert range, uh, their business owners, their CEOs, their consultants, coaches, speakers, and a lot of folks in that arena, as you can imagine, want to have their own voice on the book. So we evaluate the voice. There are some mm-hmm. factors that go into that. Um, we, we worked with the uh, former chief learning officer of General Electric, wonderful man named Bob Cangalosi. He desperately wanted to narrate his own audiobook, but he had throat cancer mm-hmm. that he was dealing with. So we were able to work with him to uh, create what I call a Tony Robbins sandwich audiobook, which mm. is where Bob did the front and the end of the book. And we had a professional narrator who he really vibed with do mm. the middle. Tony Robbins did all of his audiobooks that way. So oh, wow. that, that's why I refer to it that way. So yeah, that's a hybrid version. But mm. we try to get the author's voice onto the audiobook in some way, shape, or form mm-hmm. that allows them to connect with the audience and sometimes even introduce the narrator in, in some sense, but our narrators are also vetted to be able to relate deeply to the material and to have key vocal elements that resonate with the author's voice. Hmm. That's amazing. That's good stuff. That's amazing that you do that. I know for me, that's, that's way more appealing, right? There's a certain level you get to in business where it just, you have to really balance, like you want to say yes to everything, but you have to balance out like what is truly, truly a high dividend activity for me to stay in my zone of genius. And what is it that I can do, but maybe it's not the best use of my time just because I can do it doesn't mean I have to be the one doing it. That's always my logic because, you know, I'm a bit, as you know, crazy with my time. Well, I'm with you. I'm very efficient with my time. (laughs) We're rescheduling out, you know, two months in advance, right? You know, both of us, it's funny Mm -hmm. to try to schedule things, but uh, yeah. And the audiobook side of things, that's also the reason we chose to go deep. And we were actually the first audiobook uh, company in the world to offer remote from home, full directed audiobooks. So our authors don't have to go to a studio. We are 99% of the time able to set them up in uh, a situation in their home where they've got a good microphone, we're able to get good sound. And then we fully direct them and we capture all of the sound. Mm. So you've got a person there you're interacting with, you have, you're being fully directed. So, you know, you're not making any errors or issues to reach industry standards. And then of course we spend our time very lovingly editing everything as well. So capturing Mm -hmm. that, that essence of the voice. 
Now you got my brain turning, Tina. I'm going to have to talk after this. <laughs> I am. I am a professional instigator. Yes. Sold. Yeah. I'm sold. <laughs> There's so much we can probably talk about, but, um, you know, the spirit of this interview today is to introduce you to our community and to love you up and to give people a sense of like what happens because I might get what you do, but I may not. And so this way we can flush it out a little bit more and hopefully you can feel with Tina's energy. She's very warm and inviting and happy to uh, explore things with you. And if it's not going to be a good fit or a good fit right now, she definitely will, will refer you in directions that make sense or, or give you access to other materials that, that make sense. And that's, that's what I love too. That's actually why we created the preferred vendorship for TPC, because we knew our clients were going to be asking us who do, you know, who can help me create a podcast or who can help me with social media or whatever. And, and we're not trying to be the one-stop shop for podcasting. We just want to be really good at booking people on stages, uh, virtual and, and in person, you know, that's where we'll move to and that's it. Right. We'll, we'll really just stay in our lane and, um, just invite in the, the people that have already, you know, sharpened the saw, so to speak, and are really masters at their craft. So we're excited to be able to share you with our community. So how can people get in touch with you and follow you on social media as well if they want to be reaching out? Sure, absolutely. The website is Twin Flames Studios, both are plural.com. So all the S's, Twin Flames Studios, and you can contact us through there. You can also look up Twin Flames Studios uh, on social media or my name, Tina Dietz, is uh, generally the first search term that you'll find on Google as I'm very happy to say. So that's amazing. <laughs> Plus, you're putting out some pretty funny um, TikTok videos. I do like to entertain people. It's true. I, I'm I'm an entertainer and a performer at heart. So I like to put uh, a lighter spin on things when we can, even if the the topic gets a little serious. Yeah. Um, I, I delegated it to my team. So I just don't use my phone. I don't like having a phone attached to me. I don't know how to use it. I don't have any apps on my phone. I'm really not interested in being in a codependent relationship with my phone. <laughs> sure. That <makes> sense. <laughs> That's how it feels to me. So uh, anything I do is on my computer. And of course, they're moving things more and more to be on the phone, right? And more and more apps. But I don't know how to shoot video on my on my phone. And I suppose I can figure out, but I'm not very tech savvy. And so I just said to my team, can you help me figure this out? How are we going to upload some stuff to TikTok without? So they're currently working on it. We'll see how that works. Well, but. my team was the one that got me into it as well. I, I work a lot with um, bringing on interns who often work with us who are undergrads in film and theater and uh, journalism and things like that. And they said, you have to be on TikTok. So to be told by a 20 year old that I would do okay on TikTok, I have to admit, I felt pretty flattered by that. And mm -hmm. uh, they actually showed me how to use the app. And then I got dangerous with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm using sure it one day I'll figure it out. There's so many things that I didn't pursue because I didn't understand the technology. And now I can use yeah. the technology like the, you know, with my eyes closed. But uh, anyways, all right. Well, twinflamesstudios.com is where you can find Tina. It's Tina Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z. We're going to have all of your information, of course, in our preferred vendor listing and put all of your contact information in our show notes and so on. But uh, for now, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for being a partner with us. I want to thank all of you for being here. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.
thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Don't forget, if you want to get booked on amazing podcasts, or if you're a podcast host and you want to get connected with some incredible guests, head over to thepodcastconnector.com to learn more about our service. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It truly means the world to us. And extra points if you take a screenshot and tag us on social media so that we can see that you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing rest of your day, and we will chat with you again next episode.